0: Did you know that they sometimes take video games
1: mm-hmm.
0: and turn them into motion pictures? That is true. It's a shocking revelation.
1: They're usually not very good.
0: That is that is also true. <laughs> Most of the time, they're not good. And around the time that this movie that we are talking about today came out. Mm-hmm. That was very much the case. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't think at this point there there had really been a big Hollywood video game adaptation movie that had come out and was good. Even, like, good-ish. Good-ish. Yeah. So, of course, today, we're going to talk about one of those one of the one of the biggest
1: one of the infamous ones
0: one of the infamous ones hello welcome to this week's episode of the season Anime check-up ova it's a podcast where we have conversations about video games anime and manga i'm jared joined as always by doc al and Ladium. hello this is episode 149
1: good lord
0: It's a lot of episodes
1: it is a lot of episodes
0: and uh, we're talking about a video game movie that came out in the year 2001.
1: Video game-ish. It's, like, inspired by video game. Uh, it's.
0: I mean, that there is a video game in the title. There
1: is a video game in the title. It's just a very odd film.
0: <laughs> yes. that is uh, That is a good way to put it. <laughs> it definitely feels like one of those films that you would, like, like, at the very beginning, it's like based on a true story or something like that. hmm And, like, there's, like, one, like, sentence in it that is actually part of the true story and everything else is made up.
1: Or, like, one character has the first name of somebody that actually was in the story and that's it.
0: Yeah. Or, like, inspired by the events of. But, yeah, we are talking about, uh, like we said, one of the most infamous, one of the most famous video game movies and also just movies that push forth the envelope of technology. hmm it's a movie called Final Fantasy The Spirits Within.
1: It is called that.
0: Mm hmm. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> oh boy. What a film. Uh, yeah. A film that nearly bankrupted Square.
1: Yep. I mean, like, honestly, l- looking at it, I understand why, because this had to have been so expensive.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, the uh, Wikipedia says that the, the budget exceeded its original budget towards the end of production and reached a final cost of $137 million. Oh, my God. Which, for your first outing, not a good idea unless you're being bankrolled by, like, a billionaire. Right. <laughs> uh, they only were able to recoup $85 million at the box office, so that is a loss of, like, $52 million. So that is what that is why people call this a bomb a
1: stinker um i was one of those people who saw it in theaters when it first came out
0: there you go you try you tried your best to save them (laughs) uh i did not see it in theaters but i ended up renting it when it came out on dvd eventually um i don't know if this was in 01 or 02 but i did eventually see it and this was, this was me watching this film with like very little context of Final Fantasy in general. Like, I'd played a little bit of 7 mm-hmm. and a tiny, tiny bit of 8 because from the Pizza Hut demo. Right. But other than that, I had no idea about Final Fantasy, really. Which, I was like, that's some games I don't play.
1: I played a lot of Final Fantasy. Like, a Correct. lot, a lot. And so I was like, Final Fantasy movie, yeah! And, like, the fact that my small f- hometown, like, somehow got this movie was very shocking to me. Like, In retrospect, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, how? How did we get that? Like, we we did get a lot of movies that were, like, for lack of a better word, good. Not that this one was good, but.
0: But mostly you'd probably get, like, the big movies. Right.
1: Like, my brother and I, um, I remember that we were in our hometown once visiting for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, we wanted to go see, like, The Life Aquatic. And it, they didn't have that. So we were very upset.
0: <laughs> How, okay, here's the real question. Okay. How many screens did your hometown movie theater have?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I wonder if I can Google this. Can I, can I do some live Googling?
0: Because uh, I will tell you, um, the original movie theater that we had here that I grew up with and I, I ended up working at, mm-hmm. we only had two.
1: Two, wow. And that was it. Oh wow! It's not—it's not named the same thing anymore. It's not the same theater. They
0: Changed their name. Yeah. I think our, new, our newer theater has like four or five because they built like the—the the old one closed down, and then like for like five years we didn't have a movie theater in town, and then they built a new one.
1: Well, it's all in the working. same building, so yeah. I don't know that they could have gotten more. Okay, so it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies listed, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how many screens they have. Right. Um, Why won't you tell me?
0: That's a decent chunk, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, but I just remember this movie theater being very, very weird, and
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: now I know that it's an AMC now instead of, like, whatever the (laughs) hell it's called. I actually Googled, like... Cause that's what it used to be called, which I guess we should probably believe where I'm from because that's a little weird. <laughs> um, but apparently it's an AMC now,
0: yeah, that makes sense. It's odd, they have a stranglehold over the movie theater industry, <sighs> but
1: anyways. yeah, it, it's just odd thinking like this somehow made it to that theater. Mm-hmm. Um, which
0: because everyone really wanted to see the spirits within. Did they? Apparently so. Uh, this movie premiered on July 2nd, 2001, and then opened in the United States countrywide on July 11th, 2001, so nine days later. Uh, directed by Hironobu Sakaguchi and Motonori Sakikabara, who was the co director. Produced by Chris Lee and June Ida. Screenplay by. Al Reinert and Jeff Ventar, who, very American names, you would probably thinking.
1: Well, yeah, there's a reason for that. I can yes. tell you if you don't have it on there.
0: Uh, Reinert was a co-writer of screenplays for Ron Howard's Apollo 13.
1: <laughs> wow, okay.
0: So he he had done at least something. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Ventar worked on iRobot and some other stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then, music, not by who you would expect. Nope. Uimatsu, he's out. Instead, we got Elliot Goldenthal, an Academy Award winner.
1: For what?
0: Best original score for the motion picture *Frida*. Or *Frida*. *Frida*. *Frida*.
1: There um, you go. Wow. So In 2002.
0: So a year later, he would win the the Academy Award for best score.
1: Man, that man did some generic for this movie
0: yeah he pretty much I think he phoned it in for this one yeah uh, he also did uh, scores for Alien 3 hmm. Interview with the Vampire Batman Forever and Batman and Robin <laughs> uh, across the universe
1: wow um, which doing those Batman movies I guess he was uh, the replacement for Danny Elfman after they got into a fight mm-hmm.
0: uh, he did a weird version of the Tempest and then basically hasn't done much since then. Wow. He's, done two, he's only done three movies in the 2010s. Wow. Um, but yeah, you're right. This, this this score, not great.
1: No, it's really bad. It's so it's generic. It's very
0: generic. It almost like, I was thinking when I was watching this, I was like, you could probably put in like a, a modern Marvel film score into this film and nothing would feel out of place. Right. Because that's what that, this felt like. It felt like a, a superhero film score instead of like. A A sci-fi, quasi-horror type film.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It's very, very bizarre. But again, it's one of those things where, you know, you would expect because it's Final Fantasy that Sakaguchi would be like, let's get Uematsu for this. And he's like, nah, we're not going to get you. You go do those video games. We're going to get Hollywood on you. Which feels very much like a Kojima decision.
1: It does feel like a Kojima decision.
0: Which is which is an interesting thing to to, to talk about. But, um, uh, it should
1: be clarified. I know I've mentioned this before. I love Sakaguchi. I love him. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. I think he does some really genius work. This was a series of unfortunate mistakes.
0: <laughs> um, I have pulled up a, a an article that Polygon did two years ago about Final Fantasy Seven.
2: 57? This big,
0: big whole piece that they got like a bunch of people from Square to talk to them about, mm-hmm. um, and in like the the latter half of the 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 article, um, they talk about the development of Spirits Within.
1: Oh right, I remember that article. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm going to pull some quotes from this. Okay. As we discuss the Spirits Within, mm-hmm. um, this opens up with them saying basically, um, one of their one of Square's uh initiatives following the release of final fantasy 7 was opening up that studio in honolulu which they opened up in 97 and that would be where sakaguchi would go to make spirits within mm-hmm. a film that took four years to make and obviously as we've talked about did not make all its money back
1: is that the same studio where they were making nine because they were also in hawaii
0: yes um, this says, while Square had multiple studios around the world the idea behind the Hawaii studio was that it wouldn't just develop games, it would also make movies as Square had ramped up its CG resources working on cutscenes for FF7, Sakaguchi saw the potential to push that technology further ah. um, aren't we so glad that my... we
1: didn't get a movie that looked like like Seven's um, uh, CG's though
0: <laughs> it's true um, this, is from, this quote is from Kazuyuki Hashimoto, he was the CG supervisor for Square and and would become chief technical officer and senior vice president of square usa uh, he mentions toward the end of final fantasy 7 sakaguchi-san came to my came to visit my desk and said oh we have a lot of movie clips in final fantasy 7 we may be able to make a movie now and i said are you serious <laughs> uh, this from tomoyuki Take- takechi president and chief executive officer of square after the success of Final Fantasy VII, there were two main things that changed. Two main goals that we set for ourselves. The first is we wanted to put a lot of power behind our graphics capabilities because we were thinking in five or ten years, that was going to be the big thing in games. That was one of the reasons why we decided to make the Final Fantasy movie. Then the second thing was we knew that network features were going to be a big deal, so that's why we decided to make fi- to take Final Fantasy Online with Final Fantasy XI.
1: So that answers one of the questions that we had.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, this from Hajimoto again. You know, when Sakaguchi-san asked me to join Square, I told him that if Square was thinking about just competing with Sega or Namco, I wouldn't be interested. If Square really wanted to compete with Disney or other global entertainment companies, then it would be very exciting.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, This from Jun Iwasaki, the vice president of marketing of Square US. This was Sakaguchi-san's dream. He wanted to make the first 3D graphics movie.
1: And it became this. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you um, know the reasoning behind the whole thing with the like the writers, but essentially, like Sakaguchi wrote the script, and then those two dudes rewrote it.
0: Yeah, that make that makes sense. That's usually what happens.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's why they're just like really, really American
2: dudes.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, it's weird. You have like a crew of like Japanese people, and then it's like here is these American guys. Um, or. European-sounding gentleman.
0: Um, uh, this quote from uh, is very interesting. This is from Shinichiro Kajitani, the vice president of Square USA. Sakaguchi-san. He left for Hawaii and built a studio in Honolulu. And from that point on, he had nothing to do with Square's games in Japan anymore. He just concentrated on making the movie. All movies for Sakaguchi are nothing. <laughs>
1: Which isn't necessarily true, because he was involved with 8 and 9 and a little bit of 10.
0: But how much was he actually involved, though?
1: Right. I mean, he was involved, but I don't know, like, Mm -hmm. to what extent. Um,
0: And also, they talk about, like, the reason that they they chose Hawaii was that it would basically connect them from Japan to America, because it's basically in between. And also, it's because Sakaguchi liked Hawaii.
1: (laughs) He wanted to surf.
0: Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, do you blame him if somebody's like, hey, let's figure out where we're going to put the studio. Like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm going to pick somewhere pretty sweet. Like,
0: Yeah. Uh, This quote quote from Hashimoto again. We need to decide how to build the movie production. Game production is like a small scale factory, but movie production needs to be a large scale factory. Not easy. You know Pixar. They spent about 10 years to build a movie pipeline in their studio. Square did it in just two years. Which probably should be a red flag when you think about
1: it. Yeah. Uh,
0: This from Junichi Yanagihara, the executive vice president of Square USA. Whenever you make a movie for the first time, there is a learning curve. And sometimes, as you can imagine, there is what we call development hell, in which many different people come in and try to give so much input that it causes delay of the process. As a result, we couldn't reach the consensus as to what to do with the story.
1: Also not a good sign. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, This from Hiroshi Kawai, character programmer from Square Japan. The checks and balances weren't there. I think in terms of producing a game, Sakaguchi-san was probably pretty reliable in terms of his beat in terms of what worked and what didn't work. But when it came to working in a different medium, I think the fact that there wasn't really anybody there to provide objective and constructive criticism was a detriment.
1: So, (laughs) what? He didn't have any checks at all?
0: Basically, I think it's like no one was there to like no one was like experienced in the movie industry to to sell it to say like hey this is a good idea this is a good idea this is a bad idea this is what we should do differently because this is considering like this is square doing this this is probably still a bunch of people from the games industry coming over and working on this film right uh this from alexander smith localization specialist for square u.s and japan from 98 to 2002 the movie was an unmitigated disaster I talked to the lawyer, and I just remember at a party, but she was the lawyer from Hawaii who had handled their applications for doing the movie there. And there were so many tax benefits on the table, and they didn't take a single one. Because they went in, and they were like, we're bringing our team. And they were like, you hire 10% Hawaiian, and you get this huge tax cut. And I don't think it was like Sakaguchi sitting there going, no, we're keeping it pure. It's our team. I don't think there was any thought at all. I think it was like they, that that came in, and the whole organization was so dysfunctional that when that kind of news hits the grind, it never gets to the person that needs to hear it. And that's the problem when, That's the problem when you've got that kind of power structure. It's like a family thing. And this is endemic in Japanese companies where it operates like a family instead of a business. And so if something isn't on the family's radar, it just doesn't happen. And there are so many missed opportunities there. So apparently they could have saved so much money, millions of dollars, if they had taken advantage of these really easy opportunities. They just had to hire janitors locally, really, and they could have done it.
1: Wow. But again, Uh, that might be a situation of like, They've never worked in an office overseas, so they just don't know how it, like, like, I wouldn't know if I went to Japan if I could get tax breaks right now.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So, like, I could I could understand that. But also, like, Square probably could have tried to figure that out if they had wanted to.
0: Square, I mean, Square is a business. Right. A big business. They could have had people research this kind of thing. That's true. <laughs> that is definitely a thing. Uh, this from Yoshihiro Maruyama, the executive vice president of Square U.S., I think Final Fantasy VII's success changed Sakaguchi's style in a slightly negative way. He thought he could do anything within the company. That's why he started investing even more money in Final Fantasy Movie, which became one of the biggest flops. That made him a little out of control. The original budget of the film was like $40 million, and it ended up costing close to $150 million. So when I actually did the calculation on how much it was going to cost based on the number of people Sakaguchi wanted to assign, I quickly figured out it couldn't be finished for $40 million. But you know, they did it anyway. They kept investing more money. Um, to follow up on that, from Hiroshi Kawaii again, there's sort of this exp- expression in Japan where you say, it's somebody else's money, and you can take it as, you need to treat it with respect because it's not yours, or you can say, well, it's not mine, so it's there to spend. <laughs> um, and then from Yanagihara, it was all funded by Square itself, it was self-funded, and sooner or later, if you study and analyze this, you'll probably run into some articles about what happened, about the film project, Square went through a financially tra- challenging time.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, again, a lot of this just feels like a mess. Yeah. Um, And then eventually after the release of Spirits Within, Sakaguchi would kind of stay with the company for a little bit, but then eventually leave. Right. Um, This is a quote from Sakaguchi himself about why he left. Uh, There are many, many reasons why I left. But to try and sum it up, my official title was Executive Vice President, and that meant, of course, that I had a mountain of administrative tasks to attend to. Every morning, I would have a stack of papers waiting on my desk to review and approve. If there was a change to the labor laws, for instance, I had to go through training and then update our employee policies. There was a ton of work like that, but i wouldn't I wanted to be involved in creating things again, so all of this stress was just building up in me. I really left square, you know, and I was grateful for my position, but I just didn't feel like i j it just didn't feel like me. That feeling was the main reason I quit hmm. okay. but also you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things that are in this movie that maybe
1: yeah, reasons why
0: he decided to leave,
1: yeah. There's a lot to talk about here Um, and I will say I looked it up uh, that he was either um, producer or executive producer for the Final Fantasy until 10
0: which that can just be a a catch-all title
1: but he did the scenario for nine. Okay, and he said that that's his favorite Final Fantasy. So I mean if you're writing the scenario you're at least relatively involved.
0: True, but also like that could just be like a general outline scenario.
1: Right. But still, so it, like it's your story.
0: But again, like that was a that is a thing that, you know, there's talk about how Nine was developed partially at that Hawaii studio, so mm-hmm. he would have been around the same team that was probably working on that as well, so Right. It wouldn't have been too hard for him to do stuff with the movie and also do stuff with Nine. Right. At the same time.
1: So it makes sense that he was involved with 9 mm-hmm. more than he was with like 8. But mm-hmm. um anyway, I just wanted to check.
0: Yeah. But this year this was his baby.
1: Um that's upsetting. <laughs> and like I know that the two of us were talking about this and as I mentioned, I really like his work. I think he's done some really great stuff and like mm-hmm. His work after this was amazing. Like, Lost Odyssey was so good. It Mm -hmm. was so good. Um, So, like, clearly he still had it. I think that this was just kind of like...
0: It's one of those things, like, going from a medium to a different medium, like...
1: Yeah, and something that we talked about is that, like, when you're going from, like, a 30- to 40-hour game where you have a lot of room to, like, build up story and build up characters and all that to, like, an hour-and-a-half movie, like, you, it's a hard transition to figure out, Um, like, how do I get that characterization and how do I, like, move the story forward? Like, I imagine that that's really, really difficult.
0: Totally.
2: And then, again, Um, like
1: you said, nobody really had to, experience it so they can say like oh hey this doesn't work because like we Mm -hmm. we only have 20 minutes to try and make this story make sense
0: right exactly like going from like you said 40 hours of game or whatever um and then trying to take all of that kind of characterization that type of writing style that you're used to by this point in time and then just compressing that into an hour and a half like that's such a monumental task and i think it's it's, it's something that you know like Everyone kind of thinks that they can make a movie.
2: Yeah,
0: everyone I don't. thinks that. It, I don't think I can
1: make a movie. <laughs> well, I mean, at, at
0: some point in your life, you you probably have an idea like I could make a movie, I could do this. But then, like you know, there is the the cold hard reality sh- sets in, and it's like, well, it's a little harder than you anticipate. And I think like this is kind of a an example of that where you know you might think going from games to a similar type of medium like movies or TV or whatnot would be a pretty easy kind of transition Mm -hmm. but it turns out it's much harder than you anticipate it's kind of like one of those things like you know we mentioned him earlier Kojima yeah his his games you know they all like kind of the trailers are all made up to be like this cinematic feel like they, they, they look like big budget movie trailers and all that sort of stuff but he hasn't gone off and tried to make his own movie despite the fact that like yet he's he's like friends with all these people in Hollywood and all that sort of stuff and like it always seems like he wants to just make movies instead of games. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like him knowing his limitations and thinking like, this is much harder than it would probably be if I tried to go off and make my own movie instead of trying to make a game instead.
1: Um, My experience with making movies is that when I was a freshman in high school, I've told mm-hmm. you about this. We mm-hmm. decided to do a, sock puppet musical version of Romeo and Juliet and I helped write the script but I starred as um, a hamster that was like one of the like priests I guess I don't remember the character (laughs) name but anyway that was my foray into filmmaking and clearly did not work out for me
0: Mm -hmm. and like that's a that's another thing and too like script writing is a very different style of writing than like probably scenario writing is
1: yeah yeah
0: because it's a very specific type of format it's you know you have to like write it like okay this person is saying this and then what are they doing in that scene mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff like it's very very meticulous and specific to where like if you're writing a scenario you can just be like well they're doing this this and this and you know we'll flesh this out later in the game and buy because you know the player's gonna be doing all this stuff we can kind of gloss over this sort of this sort of thing right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: but uh
1: in a movie you can't do that
0: you really can't do that. No, you like you have to because you are a person's not interacting with a movie. Unless it's an interactive film, but that's a completely different thing. In general. <laughs> but like, with A regular a regular motion picture presentation all that stuff like it is a person watching it. They're not interacting with in it with any other and they're not interacting with it in any sort of way. There's the words I'm trying to use. So you basically have to it's a lot of showing and telling. Mm hmm. You can't just be like, well, assume, oh, well, the person's going to do this, this, and this. No, it's, you have to you have to lead them along for the story, essentially.
1: Um, so I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. I, w- I want to talk about his, like, thoughts on, uh, or his thoughts, or what they did with Aki, but also, like, we have to talk about the story at some point. Um, so I don't know which one you want to do first, but, like, I think both of those are things we have to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, well, I mean we could get with the story and get
2: with the story.
0: Get, get going with the story and cuz we have some stuff to talk about post story mm-hmm. as well, so, mm-hmm. you know. I figure we'll we'll get into that. But also I wanted to I figure I think um one of the things we should mention before we start talking about the story is the theme that Sakaguchi was trying to produce with this movie. Mhm. Um, And this is from the Wikipedia article about Spirits Within. Director Sakaguchi named the main character after his mother, Aki, who died in an accident several years prior to the production of the film. Her death led Sakaguchi to reflect on what happened to the spirit after death, and these thoughts resurfaced while he was planning the film, eventually taking the form of the Gaia Hypothesis. He later explained that the theme he wanted to convey was more of a complex idea of life and death and spirit, believing that the best way to portray this would be to set the film on Earth. By By comparison, Final Fantasy video games are set in fictional worlds. Yeah, okay, there you go.
1: Um, which I was texting you while we were watching this horrific film. Um, and one of the things that I was saying is, like, oh, this whole like Gaia thing for one, Gaia is the name of the world in Final Fantasy 9. Um, but two, like, this theme comes up a bit, um, because we have in seven, we have the life stream.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And nine, we have the mist. Um, and then 10, we have the pyreflies. Mm-hmm.
0: Which I guess we should mention that the Gaia hypothesis that was mentioned uh, is a theory, principle, or hypothesis that proposes that living organism- organisms interact with their inor- inorganic surroundings on Earth to form a syner- synergistic and self regulating complex system that helps to maintain and perpetuate the conditions for life on the planet.
1: So again, like this theme, pretty prevalent in several big Final Fantasy games, Mm -hmm. like major plot points in seven and nine for sure, 10 a little bit, but he wasn't as involved with 10. So this whole like idea of like what happens after death is clearly a theme that was thought about a lot at this point with Square. And I wonder if it was like because of him. Um, but something else that we've been talking about is that like grief makes you do some weird things. It makes your brain go a little bit wonky and, Mm -hmm. um, can confirm. Yay. Um, but we'll talk about it a bit more later, but I I think that that had some kind of impact on his judgment in terms of this film in particular. Don't let me forget to go back to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this, so going into the story of this, the, one of the key things about this film is that it is pretty much universally panned. Yeah. Um, and like we, we talked about earlier, like we had watched this film nearly 20 years ago. Oh my God. And haven't really since then.
1: Um, I will say the CG still looks great um it, it
0: surprisingly so like you would think that you know this being a film that came out in 2001 that it would probably look a little rough um and i would say some of the animation yeah of the characters look a little rough here and there but it looks like you know it's a, a
1: square in uh, flex
0: it's some very it's some square cg square that you would expect to, CG, yeah. to see and everything like it's the same type of stuff you would see in the final fantasy games and everything um probably a little bit more reminiscent of like the cg quality in 10 yeah than the ps1 games but yeah it still looks pretty good which is like i said very surprising that a film from 2001 a cg film specifically from 2001 would still look this good because like there's a lot of uh forms of media out there that were using cg at this time Mm -hmm. excuse me and going back and looking at it it's rough yeah it doesn't look that good nope but again, like this is square basically doing what they did best when it came to cinematics. So
1: So I mean, it generally looks pretty good. Mhm. Um That's really one of the only positives I can say about it.
0: <laughs> and then you get into the story and you're like, "How is this final fantasy?"
1: It's it's a sci-fi movie. Um, Which, I mean, I guess you could say, like, certain parts of Final Fantasy games are sci-fi, but not to this level of sci-fi.
0: Final Fantasy has never been a sci-fi shooter.
1: It has not been a sci-fi shooter. That is correct. Mm -hmm. It can have sci-fi elements, but not sci-fi. Right.
0: This is one of the things we talked about. Like, if you had marketed this game as Square's first movie production and not put Final Fantasy on the the title, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be as critically panned as it was right but again with how much money they put into this production they couldn't get away with doing that they had to put final fantasy on the title mm-hmm. on the marquee or else because people wouldn't go yeah they would make they would have lost more money they probably would have lost like twice or three times as much money
1: i mean i can confirm the only reason i went to see it's because it said final fantasy in the front of it
0: Mm-hmm. That's the only reason, like it was such a big deal in the video game culture at the time, was because it had Final Fantasy in the title. Yeah. Um, this film is more akin to like, you would think it's like a spinoff of Halo or a Mass Effect, mm-hmm. and not a Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Which is not something you would usually think when it comes to something with Final Fantasy in the title.
1: No. It's wild. Um, it's
0: very weird.
1: Like, when we start out, we're in, like, this weird, decrepit, destroyed version of New York.
0: Yeah, old New York City.
1: Old New York City. Um, Old New. Yeah, old New. (laughs) Um, And you have, like, these gruff military dudes in this area, like, fighting some weird... I don't even know how to describe them. Like, parasite see-through guys? Mm-hmm. like you can't see them which is like the second time in a week that we've like dealt with things that have invisible critters that That's we true. have to shoot um you just
0: can't point at these
1: can't point at these but then like we we meet our our heroine and she's like i have to protect this plant mm-hmm. um and the dudes are all like, no, this is not okay. You can't protect the plant. Come on, come on, come on. She's like fighting for this plant. And then when they when, <laughs> when they get back on the ship, um, they're all like yelling at Aki, who is this like doctor scientist lady.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And like the one dude pulls off his helmet. We're like, that is the most generic looking dude we've yeah. ever seen. I was like, is that Chris Redfield? <laughs>
0: It's it's very much like just generic white dude who is the main protagonist of a third person shooter from the year 2007 to 2012. Yeah,
1: um, which also uh, we should talk about the freaking voice cast at this point.
0: That is literally what I was about to say. Yeah, um, they went very Hollywood with this
2: mm-hmm.
0: for at least the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Aki is voiced by Mingna Na, who Nguyen. is the voice of Mulan. Mm-hmm. She was uh, also
1: Chun Li in the Street Fighter live action movie which one the live-action street fighter movie
0: the one with Van the one from the mid-90s okay I was gonna say they, they made a Chun-Li's like s- specific live-action movie no no, no no
1: no no like the okay. street fighter yeah, yeah, live-action yeah. Mingna was her but Weird. um but anyway I did
0: not know that ming uh, went Dr doctor- Doctor Sid, who is spelled S I D instead of C I D, is Donald Sutherland, who is noted father of Kiefer Sutherland.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, Gray Edwards, who is very generic, uh, white man, white man, is voiced by Alec Baldwin,
1: which is hilarious. It's very,
0: it's very weird.
1: Uh, he phoned it in too.
0: N- phoned it in. Noted family member of some other sh- Baldwins. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that was that's a weird choice. Mm-hmm uh and then your side characters, Ryan who's voiced by Ving Rames, uh Neil who's voiced by Steve Buscemi.
1: Which I said I was like, do you know who that is? This is him and you're like, oh god.
0: Steve Buscemi puts in a good performance in this film.
1: He does. His character is legit comic relief.
0: He might be he might have the best performance in this film. He at least which, which is saying something. He
1: felt like he tried. Mm-hmm. um but yeah he he probably has the best performance in this film um it, it was hilarious that I was like oh my god why is she shimmy in this yeah
0: it's the early 2000s yep uh and then Jane who's voiced by Perry Gilpin
1: I don't know who that is um also he was
0: on Frasier.
1: you can't forget the uh the council member number one
0: council member number one Keith David my boy yep
1: <laughs> it's
0: very good I was like oh it's Keith David uh, and then the villain's voiced by James Woods because, of course, you get a piece of to voice the piece of s*** villain character. Mm. So there's your cast. It's real weird. Yep. Like we said. But again, like, I, it makes sense because, of course, you're going to make this... This is such a big thing. You're going to go with a Hollywood voice cast, but also, like... That's a really weird Hollywood voice cast for the time. Yeah. So there you go.
1: It's it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Steve Buscemi, MVP of this production. <laughs>
1: Seriously, MVP of the voice cast here.
0: Oh boy. Um. So yeah. Old New York City. Aki goes there because she's trying to find something. The The military shows up and is like hey get out of here. You're not allowed here. And she's like no I am. Buzz off and then the phantoms show up which is the the weird parasitic see-through aliens. Yeah. They gotta deal with a bunch of and then they, they all leave. <laughs> Aki, get, Aki finds a plant and they all leave.
1: Yep. And then they have to get scanned.
0: And then generic man gets got attacked by the, the the phantom somehow and they have to do emergency surgery on him
1: which this is where we're like oh she's actually like a doctor doctor like a medical doctor she,
0: she is the she's a doctor of all trades
1: yeah wow square
0: was like doctor means this right and they're like yeah it just means whatever
1: whatever yeah like i can do surgery i have doctor in front of my yeah, name
0: go give me Go. i'm gonna break my arm and you're gonna <laughs> do surgery on my arm and fix it right up
1: she like lasers the weird like Space fleas out of him, Mm -hmm. um, and it's like a countdown of like you're gonna lose him, you're gonna lose him, you're gonna lose him. Oh god! And then she like lasers the last one out. Um, you know, very very stressful.
0: It's very stressful. Also, they have history together. They do have history. History. Uh, she goes see goes to see Sid, who's like, "I'm Sid. What's up? (laughs) Hey, you found a plant. Good job. Don't bone that guy."
1: Yeah, he's like, "Do not bone that guy."
0: (laughs) Don't bone that guy. (laughs) Um, they go to, like, a big council meeting in the barrier city of New York City. New New York, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Aki and Sid are there, and then the evil dude, General Hine, is there. He wants to basically blow up the Earth to kill all the aliens.
1: (laughs) Basically.
0: And Sid's like, what if we don't do that? And also, what if we make something that cancels out these things by using these waveforms and stuff? And everyone's like, oh, but you believe in the Gaia theory. You're a weirdo. <laughs> You're off your rocker. And then Aki's like, no, no, he's not. Look, I got a thingy in me and I'm alive. They're like, whoa.
1: She, like, touches her chest plate and shows that she has the space fleas in her, too. Like, <gasps> oh.
0: All right, we're not going to blow up the planet now.
1: But then, like, the the... The Nazi dude. Um, oh, yeah.
0: He's very fascist yeah, looking. Yeah, he's
1: super fascist looking. He's like, but that means she's being controlled by them. So that's yeah. his like shadowy plan is now she's being controlled by them. So he has to use he's, that to leverage. He's,
0: it's very generic villainy <laughs> he's so generic. type things. Like, he needs like just a curly mustache to twirl at all he's times really- as well. And it would have been perfect.
1: He's so fascist looking.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh the the other the military group they're called Deep Eyes because that's that's sure as a name. Yeah. They have to. They're with Aki now, and they're gonna go off to another place. And also, they have to make sure that she doesn't like turn on them or something. Mhm. This part gets real weird and confusing. Yep. Because it just doesn't make sense. Uh, but basically, they're going off to find spirits, which are like things that have like the same wavelength of the aliens that they can use against them essentially
2: mm-hmm.
0: all that sort of stuff so they go off to like another place to, to go to find one and then get attacked by the, the phantoms Um they're able to get away but then like this dude who's with them is like you gotta go arrest her she's she's bad and they're like no and he's like well I'm gonna shoot you now like why and then he gets, he gets his spirit sucked out by the, the phantoms Boy, and now everyone's now the bad guys are like they're clearly under the control of the phantoms. <laughs> they have to be arrested. It's like
1: Phantom McCarthyism.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I think that at that time, also she goes, she gets knocked, she goes unconscious and like nearly dies, and they have to like revive her. Some excuse me, somehow. Is, that, uh, is one, that when
1: she gets shot?
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, at one point as well, the the rest of the crew puts Aki and generic white dude in like a, a thing together and make it so it doesn't move and so they can go to the bone zone, but then it fails. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they revive her and get her back. And then uh, evil fascist dude's like, well, I'm going to go arrest all these people. He arrests all of them. And then takes over like the barrier city and is like, well, we're gonna just we're gonna have the phantoms come in and be like, Oh, look at us, we're gonna save the day. And then it just overwhelms the entire barrier city. Like, how did we not see this happening?
1: <laughs> He's like, Whoops! Um I
0: can't I- believe I didn't see this was gonna I didn't think this was gonna be a thing.
1: I'm just gonna leave now. Bye.
0: So like all of his his compadres die, and then he takes the shuttle off to the Zeus cannon.
1: The Zeus cannon.
0: And he's gonna blow up the the blow up blow up their earth. Uh, then they get all the, the the good guys get all get out of the the prison cells.
1: Because mm-hmm. like the power goes down and their lasers yeah. fall down, which it's funny because Steve Buscemi's character is like waving his hand, like trying to figure it's out like, if it's
0: they... like a, it's not like we could just wave our hands and make the 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 lasers disappear, like.
1: And then somebody mentions like that he's not that magic or something.
0: Uh. So they have to escape the the bear city, which means all of them are going to die. Yep. So all of the side characters die one by one by one.
1: Well, first, very sad. Which, um, you know, I, I had to mention it because one of the one of the side characters is a black man,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he is the first one to like go down. He doesn't die first. But he's
0: like trapped in the in the vehicle they were in because it flipped and. He gets he like
1: pulled by something in yeah. the gut. Um, so, so he's, he's just gonna just,
0: sit there with like the the turret on the back of the the, the car and make sure nothing happens.
1: It happens. Uh, um, and Steve then Steve Buscemi
0: and the girl go off to like repair something or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then a bunch of phantoms show up, and she the girl just watches Steve Buscemi's character die. Yep. Doesn't and, do anything, and then like she's like, "Well, I'm just gonna die now."
2: <laughs> uh,
1: so there's this whole joke between them of like oh man Steve Buscemi has feelings for Jane or whatever and uh his character's name is not Steve Buscemi by the way <laughs> um, it's
0: Neil but it's also funnier to say Steve Buscemi it
1: is Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi as himself he has the feels for Jane and um like he Jane's keeps, a tsundere he keeps joking about it and she's like I would never be in love with you um yeah she's super tsundere and then like after he he dies while she watches and does nothing does
0: nothing she's just like oh, i'm just gonna sit here and watch this happen like his
1: soul gets ripped from his body and she's like uh and huh. then, then i guess she's like well i guess i can't live without steve with so i'm just gonna let my soul <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna let my soul get taken too and it's just falls that's a
0: sentence me. you never thought you were gonna say
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a
1: sentence i never thought i would say But, uh, yeah, her soul is ripped from her, and she dies next to Steve Buscemi. They're, like, head-to-head. And then, like, all right, we have to go back and save the other guy. He's still trapped. Big
0: phantoms are coming.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't make it either. His soul gets taken from him. His
0: soul gets sucked. Um, And then generic white guy is going to is gonna make sure Aki and Sid are able to leave and is like gonna just stay there by himself and Aki's like no I can't leave you he's like I got this da da and then they come back and get him anyways yeah
1: like he definitely does not got that he would die immediately if Aki didn't come and get
2: him cause he's also a
0: thing is like all of their weaponry can just work on these on these phantoms yeah and it, it looks just like normal military weaponry from I guess this is 2065 but like it just looks like generic standard military weaponry yeah but it just works fine but also like never explained
1: the phantoms can be seen at this point which is wild um I I don't remember if they explained that but it's I point think they they, they, s- they
0: mentioned something about it but I don't remember exactly what it what it what it was who
1: knows um so they go to space
0: also they they revealed at this point that the phantoms are just dead aliens they're ghosts yeah they're ghosts that's it they're just ghosts they're
1: fighting the ghosties
0: uh, so yeah, they're able to get Neil—not Neil, generic white guy. <laughs> Neil is not back from the dead. <laughs> Sorry, Seabashim Seabashim did not revive. <laughs> you have to uh, be and dead. then they have to—they go off and they're gonna go to the original like crater site because that's where the eighth and final spirit is. And then during this time, Aki and generic white guy bone.
1: They bone in space, zero gravity, which like,
0: Doctor Sid told you no. He don't sa- bone that guy. He
1: said don't bone that guy, but also like. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be wrong on this. I don't actually know how things work like this. But would the equipment work in no gravity? Cause I feel like that would affect affect like blood flow, you know?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know how blood flow works in space.
1: <laughs> I don't either. Like there's no like artificial gravity on this thing. So like I don't know how they went to the bone zone, but apparently they went to the bone zone while floating. Mm -hmm. And then Aki just, like, straps herself in next to Sid's like, Hey, nothing happened. Everything's fine. What's up? Like, literally just doesn't address anything and leaves him back there. (laughs) Like, um, that's gonna be awkward since he told you earlier, like, not to bone him.
0: Did you bone him? Also,
2: it's, like,
1: a really tiny ship, so I'm sure Sid just sitting there, like, (laughs) while, like, he's in the cockpit, Mm. like, I told you not to bone him, and I can hear you back there. Uh. I write, um, I write better di- dialogue for this movie.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not hard. <laughs> so they they get to the 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 crater, the crater. and they find the ape spirits in there. So they have Auggie and generic white man descend down there. But then the evil man shoots his laser beam down there and kills the ape spirit, and they're now stuck down there. They're like, oh no, what do we do?
1: <laughs> Our shields are down. We're s- <laughs> we're sitting ducks.
0: So, yeah, they're sitting ducks. um, Bad things are happening. And then Aki just passes out. Yep. Because she's been having these weird dreams of the aliens and everything. And she realizes, oh, this is them before they were sent jettisoned and blew up their planet and all this bad stuff happened. Uh, She gets attacked by a phantom. It, like, shoots its tentacles into her body. Mm -hmm. Like, through her body and everything. And then one of them hits her uterus and it turns blue. It turns blue. It turns the, the alien into a good man. And then she's like, Oh, the eighth spirit, I found it. It's the, the birth of new life. And then they, they find Gaia, and then stuff happens. The the cannon gets shot again. But then like he keeps shooting it too much and it blows up and kills him.
1: Yeah. Um like uh, the, Gaia gets mad. The poor dude, like, one of the operational guys is like, um, sir, it says that it's overheating. We should probably stop firing it. And he's like, No, we're gonna keep firing. It's like, but but sir, it, it says that it's overheating sir and so he just like goes in the basement and like overrides everything keeps shooting it and then blows the whole spaceship mm-hmm. up which like you know it's fine if you want to blow yourself up with your weird space gun but like those dudes probably made like minimum wage and there's probably like 30 of them that you're having to shoot this gun and you also, just kill like all of them
0: you're not even giving your villain any comeuppance no it's just he's just a dumb blew himself up
1: yeah like he 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 sucks and part of the course for this film he sucks and then he dies literally that's Mm -hmm. that's what happens
0: um so they have to try and figure out a way to get all the spirits to override the the alien ghosts and generic white man sacrifices himself by getting his soul sucked and then they 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 were fine
1: which i still don't really understand that part at all like i don't let me tell you okay
0: uh blah, blah, blah. Gray sacrifices himself as a medium needed to physically transmit the completed spirit into the alien Gaia.
1: What? The I completed ne-
0: spirit of all the the spirits together.
1: I didn't get that at all.
0: Well, yeah, because they didn't really explain. They just kind of <laughs> like, I'm just gonna grab onto this, and then, and now everything's fine.
1: Yeah. It. it okay. Wow. I, get, I I yeah. apparently missed that part. I was just like, all right. I guess he decided to die.
0: And now everything's fine though. No more aliens. No more. A- fine.
1: No more ghosties.
0: No more ghosts are around, but now Augie has no one to bone.
1: But she has a baby.
0: Yep. Sure does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um
0: That's Final Fantasy the Spirits Within.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that <laughs> that's that movie.
0: <laughs> Oof.
1: Um Which Augie is an interesting character because we had talked about how they had wanted her to, like, be a virtual actress and, like, come back into other things.
0: Like, their plan was that she's going to be, she's going to show up in other movies, other games. Um, The only thing that she shows back up in is. Let's see here. In 2002, she appeared in a demonstration video that Square Pictures made to present to the Wachowskis before developing Final Flight of the Osiris for the Animatrix. Hmm. Because Square worked on some stuff for the Animatrix.
1: Um. Wow. Uh, they also, like, put her in, like, Maxim in a bikini, and she Mm -hmm. got voted as, like, one of the hottest women ever, which is wild. Um. One of the things that I also found interesting uh, when I was, like, researching a little bit about her is that at some point they're like, okay, well, she's supermodel hot. We can't have her supermodel hot. So we're going to remove her makeup and cut her hair so that people will believe that she's a scientist. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, so that's some classic sexism happening. but Yeah,
0: here here. Uh, Aki's appearance was conceived by the lead animator of the project Rory Sato, who created several conceptual designs for Sakaguchi to consider and then used the selected design as a guide for her character model Sato perceived Aki's original look as a supermodel and subsequently removed her makeup and shortened her hair in order to give her a more intelligent look that would convince people that she is a scientist In an interview, Sato described actively trying to make her appear as realistic as possible, making her similar to himself in as many ways as he could in the animation including elements of his personality through facial expressions
1: So she's a dude Yeah, I guess Alright
0: um Sakaguchi commented in an interview. I think it's okay to look at aki and be convinced that she's human
1: so let's talk about Sakaguchi and Aki.
0: Let's talk about Sakaguchi and Aki <sighs> do you want me to so do you want to talk about this or do you want me to give my 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 analysis of a certain scene?
1: well, um. I'm going to say that we're going back to the whole idea of like grief makes you do weird things and grief mm-hmm. makes you think in odd ways and mm-hmm. um, makes you kind of have like crises of like, you know, what, what is actually happening in life. Um, and obviously Sayaguchi had the idea of like life after death in a in a manner like on his mind when he was making several things in the Final Fantasy series, including this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So let's talk about your theory.
0: All righty. So, like like we've mentioned, mm-hmm. this this is a film that deals with sakaguchi's grief. It is also mentioned that he basically made this character in honor of his mother. Essentially, he names it after her, um, which is a very strange thing to do. Yes. Especially with how her character kind of goes afterwards. And it's placed into like the the more general pop culture,
1: like the bikini shots.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's say that Aki is Sakaguchi's mother.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With that idea in mind, let's go back to the end of the movie where she is she is attacked by that uh, that phantom, and it hits her in the uterus and turns blue and changes. It's insinuating that her and generic white boy bone boned
1: mm-hmm. and that there was there was insemination mm-hmm. there
0: if aki is sakaguchi's mother then that would make the the baby sakaguchi
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if the this baby is the reason for everything turning out to become good and the change of the earth and everything that baby is very important correct which means you could read into this in a few different ways, one of them is that if this baby is so important that it changes everything and is the lifeblood of the earth now, that is Sakaguchi saying, "Hey, square, I'm very important to you, and you shouldn't mess with me in what I'm doing, especially because this is this movie is is um basically Sakaguchi kind of getting phased out of square right. Over the course of the production of this film and then, you know, a few years after the fact he's going to quit Square. But
1: quit. Quotation
0: quit. marks. Quotation marks. Um considering everything that he had done, if it was not for Sakaguchi, would Square even be in the position to make films if he hadn't had, you know, made Final Fantasy into what it is today? If it wasn't for Sakaguchi, would they be in the position that to where they're a powerhouse in the video game industry and now looking to become a powerhouse in the movie industry? Without Sakaguchi, could they, could any of this be possible? And that's a that's the thing you could you could look at it with this film in particular.
1: You could definitely read it that way. Um and honestly, it makes it a little bit of a better movie than if you just read it as it is. <laughs> like if you read it as a text that is also like Sakaguchi giving his basically like F you I'm important statement Mm -hmm. like
0: especially because like you know you you look at this the way this 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 film has gone has gone through four years of development Mm -hmm. and from the stuff we heard from other people within Square at the time who were talking about how everything was just kind of like a dumpster fire Mm -hmm. with the way they were bleeding money they didn't know what they were doing um and you also look at this like as this is Sakaguchi's baby Right, in more ways than one let's say um, and he, this is his passion project
2: mm-hmm.
0: he was the one who wanted to make this he's the one who convinced Square to make a studio in Hawaii just for him to make this and he writes this story and he's very happy with it and then it's basically taken and, and made into something else by these American screenwriters and then it comes out after costing them $137 million and basically does not make that up in the box office like, I don't know when he would have conceived this idea That conceived. scene at the end of the film. But it definitely seems like Sakaguchi is like, hey, if don't make this into being my fault. Right. Like, this is, I, if it wasn't for me, none of this would happen. But at the same time, I'm not the scapegoat here, which is basically what Square would end up doing, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, they scapegoated him real hard. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's, it's an interesting like little way to just read that, that the one very specific scene in general has like so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know how intentional, how intentional it was, or it just, it just inadvertently kind of came into that way. I mean, I, th- I think that helps that we're looking at this, you know, nearly 20 years after the fact. And we have the, uh, the, the basis of history on our side now to like, look at this and think like, oh, well, there's, there's probably something more to this than meets the eye. Because, like, at the time, we no one would basically be looking at this thinking, oh, this is Sakaguchi thinking, or maybe potentially saying, hey, Square, this is a message to you. Right. And everything.
1: And, I mean, it's been very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's still kind of a mystery of what went down between Square mm-hmm. and Sakaguchi. Like, they've both given their statements, but, like, no one really knows but them.
0: Yeah. And again, like just going into this 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 reading of the scene, like I'm not in I'm not saying in any sort of way that Sakaguchi is like an egotistical person, yeah. Because I don't I don't know him personally. I don't I haven't read anything that suggests that oh, he's just this vengeful, egotistical person who is out to get square and all this sort of stuff. Like I don't know that 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 could be that could be the case. That could be the complete opposite of the case. But as you were saying, like. Given the way that this film bombed, and that a year later, Square Square Pictures is closed down, like, and the fact that this was Sakaguchi's project, he was the reason they made this studio, it was his idea to make movies. Like, you would have to imagine that, like, Square would, would look at this and think, This dude did all of this. This is his idea, this is his project, and he's the one that fed up. Mm-hmm. he's the one that made us lose all this money he's the one that made us delay our, our merger with enix for a, a little bit because of the the money we lost from this venture like square was probably in, immensely yeah.
2: and it's probably
0: the reason like they probably pushed him into like different types of jobs that stifled his creativity and made and basically they they forced him into a position that he had to quit right like I would imagine that is probably the the main reasoning behind Sakaguchi leaving. But also, in the same time, he probably was like, you know, after this film came out and it didn't do it as well as he wanted it to, and everything, um, they weren't giving him the, the the license to to work on Final Fantasy in the same way that he had previously. And you know, Final Fantasy is like his franchise say, in a way. Another specifically. of his babies. Yeah, and they're basically like, no, you're not you're not gonna do this. We're gonna put you up in a higher position and make you do business stuff. Like it's one of those things where like both sides are probably just <laughs> at each other and they just want it. They don't, they want, they won't have anything to do with each other. And they're just forcing an opportunity to where, how do we get, how do we, how do we split this, this relationship?
1: Yeah. And I mean, maybe that's why he was able to like go off and do something like lost odyssey because he's like, all right, I get to be creative again. This is mm-hmm. where I really shine. Um,
0: And how much of Lost Odyssey do you think is, like, him truly coming into terms with, like, the grief of his mother and everything, finally getting an opportunity to write a story in that kind of nature that is more towards his wheelhouse, and also mixing that in with, like, the feelings he has towards Square at the time?
1: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, something that I didn't think about until just now is that Lost Odyssey also kind of thinks about the whole idea of, like, grief Mm-hmm. Um, because of the the idea of immortality and like what happens when people around you die and all that like it
0: like Lost Odyssey feels like the true culmination of his ideas that he wanted to do with this movie
1: yeah I could see that
0: and specifically because like that was like what the first thing the first real big thing he had done post his, his leaving square and forming Miss Walker
1: yeah it was like the first thing that he was like really really heavily involved in um, so I like, think like Blue Dragon sense. came before that, but not as he wasn't as involved with Blue Dragon. I mm-hmm. don't think. Could be wrong. I don't know.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm looking at the. Uh... <laughs> oh, he supervised development and wrote the plot of Blue Dragon. So,
0: but also that could have been a thing where like he needs to, he could have maybe not gone as deep with that game as he maybe needed to. He just needed a... he needed to show that he can still make a successful game, and then. With Lost Ozzy, he can really kind of go into his wheelhouse and form a story that he really wants to make. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played Blue Dragon, so uh,
1: I won't because of the art style.
0: You don't like that Toriyama art style, Mm-mm. style?
1: I, I I do not. I do not like it at all.
0: Um, but yeah, like I think the the key thing I think to take away from this is that Spirits Within not a great movie
1: it is not a great I, movie
0: i won't say it's how I, bad it's it's not good it's just i think the, the key thing we talked about when we after we finished watching is that like the worst thing you can say about this movie is that it's boring
1: it's boring and it's generic in a lot of ways mm-hmm. like yeah basically like that generic character gray or whatever his name was like literally his name's gray oh my god um mm-hmm. like it that dude is the movie like hmm you can't discern him from any other thing that like you see in the time period, and like there's nothing really interesting about him. You don't really care about him. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it is with the actual movie itself too.
0: Mm-hmm. But the story surrounding the 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 film,
1: it's fascinating. The,
0: the the idea or the 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 rise and fall of Square Pictures, the the rise or not necessarily, but the. I guess you could say the fall of Sakaguchi from Square. Square's almost bankruptcy mm-hmm. from this film. Like, all of that stuff is immensely fascinating.
1: It's super fascinating.
0: And all that comes from a movie that's just, eh.
1: It's wild. It's,
0: it's an important film in the history of, like, you know, CG films and video game adaptation, or video game films in general. Not a great film, Mm-mm. but... Boy, does it have some good stories <laughs> to come out of it.
1: Also, um, I discovered after we finished watching it that there is a, um, on the DVD, there is a thriller parody with the characters from, um, from this movie, which had to have been so expensive. Yeah. Because you're animating all these characters to do the thriller dance. Mm-hmm. Um, like it had to have been so insanely expensive but the fact that they even did that is just like alright
2: cool
0: which apparently they like they they basically beefed up the, the home video release of this because yeah. like there's a bunch of extras there's like multiple commentary tracks and one of the reasons they did that is because they thought oh if we have all these extras and everything and then like maybe we'll recoup some of the money we lost when it came out to theaters mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It makes
1: sense. It's happened before with movies, but mm-hmm. not this one.
0: Yeah, that didn't really, uh, that didn't do it. Um,
1: it's just a really, really fascinating movie, but not the movie itself.
0: It's the stories surrounding the movie, the stories surrounding the people that were involved with the movie. It's, yeah.
1: Also, Steve with shimmies in it. Like, what the
0: Steve Buscemi, the MVP of this film. He
1: is the MVP of this film. He died while his not-girlfriend watched.
0: (laughs) Did nothing.
1: Did nothing. And probably made jokes right before it. (laughs) Uh, Man, this sure is a film.
0: Sure is a film. So look forward in a few years when Square makes Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within two for the twentieth anniversary.
1: Oh yeah, um, that's not going to happen. I-, I love your um, ideas, but that yeah no.
0: <laughs> we made we talked about this after, after we watched it as well, but like there is an alternate reality where this film was a success. Yeah, and it's 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 weird to think of that in that way, but like where would Square be? if this film was a success, like, Sakaguchi would probably still be there, maybe. Mm-hmm. He may, he probably would have stayed longer. Mm-hmm. He may have still left, but he would have stayed longer than what he initially did. Um, they may not have merged with Enix. Because right. if this was a success, like, they wouldn't have need to, to merge companies because they were probably still booming with money. Right. Who knows what the video game output is at this point? Like, obviously, you know, they talked about how they were they were still thinking of like, hey, we're going to make an online game, so eleven would still happen. Ten was in development at this time, so those two games would still happen. But then, like, what does twelve? What does twelve look like? What does thirteen look like? Fourteen? What what does fourteen look like? And then is fifteen the unmitigated like weirdness that it that it was? Um, all those sorts of things. Like, what is? Um what is the stuff like Square makes us outside of Final Fantasy at that point? Do they do they go big into like movies? Getting idos idos and like going into like um like publishing more Western games? Do they do they go more into movies? Like obviously we would probably we would probably see Advent children in some form or capacity. But yeah. like do they start making more movies in this in the vein of like spin offs of Spirits Within and where it's like more original content, or do they start making movies of the other previous Final Fantasy games?
1: Um it's an interesting idea to think about. Like it's
0: like what if Ten Two is just a movie?
1: I like Ten Two the way it is.
0: I mean, yeah, but like if if this film was a, a big success, like they could have thought, like, hey, we you know, our our movie production uh business is doing pretty good. Ten has an interesting story. What if instead of making this a game we just make this into a film?
1: Yeah. And I mean you will often hear Final Fantasy fans um say, like, oh, well, Final Fantasy X was the last good Final Fantasy, which that is incorrect. X-2 was. Yeah, it's
0: Final Fantasy XIV. Uh,
1: <laughs> mainline. One um, of the
0: best Final Fantasy games.
1: Um so like I wonder, like, if Sakaguchi had stayed on for a little bit longer and like kept them on track with these, like, would the disasters that were like 12 was okay but like 13 and 15 were complete messes
0: Mm -hmm. and then like 14 was was also another mess
1: like would would that have been prevented but
0: it's a great question
1: there's no way to know
0: but like would those games even have been the same as they are currently would they have the same ideas if Sakaguchi was still there
1: would Nomura be as big as he is
0: wouldn't more have gone on to make Kingdom Hearts?
1: Ooh, that's a good question.
0: I would. Hmm. What if this instead led to Disney buying Square? Whoa. To use as a new, as another, like to to bump them up with, like, I don't, did Disney own Pixar by this point?
1: Did they? I don't know. Probably.
0: I don't know. But like, what if they this became like Square Pictures was their a, a new subsidiary that they worked alongside with Pixar? And then they just made games in the same vein, but also now, like, Kingdom Hearts got more of a Disney push than what it, I guess, what it originally had. Which is weird to say, but what if Kingdom Hearts was, like, a Disney, an all-Disney, like, All-Stars type of game instead of having, like, Final Fantasy characters in it?
1: Disney purchased Pixar in 2006.
0: Okay, so this would have. It- for seeing it in like Kingdom Hearts, it would have been before this. So like, mm-hmm. what what if this was like, what if Disney bought Square and S- Square was their Pixar instead of Pixar being Pixar?
1: There's so many like weird alternate universes yeah. out there. <laughs> yep, yeah. man.
0: Like we're going down a weird rabbit hole, but like, there's there's some weird possibilities that could have happened if if the opposite of what Spirits Within happened and like it was a, a even if it was like a moderate success. Mm-hmm like so many things would be changed probably
1: um i wonder like often um you know it's kind of they left around the same time like uematsu was initially like tied to square pretty hardcore mm-hmm. um but then they they both left in generally the same time period like i wonder if there was some kind of thing there too i don't know who
0: knows all great questions
1: i need like some intense biographies my dudes like we need need to
0: tell all about spirits within development
1: we do man because um i was just looking umatsu started um like his group um smile please and 2004 when he left Square Enix um, mm-hmm. and Mistwalker was also founded in 2004 so mm-hmm. it's just it's it's an interesting thing like there's there's a lot of messy stuff here that we don't know about but I, I mm-hmm. would love and to know about it and that we may
0: never know about because of the the way Japanese companies are
1: right we may never know about it but it's so fascinating to think about
0: mm-hmm. Man. but anyways that is that's Final Fantasy The Spirits Within Mm-hmm. A pretty bled movie with a fascinating story surrounding it. It's wild. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna wrap this episode up. Yep. So, uh you know, you don't have you don't have to go watch Final Fantasy Spirits within. No. Just <laughs> be real. No. <laughs> Unless you really want to see it for the historical factor of it. But
1: yeah, you know. There's no reason. Go watch
0: a trailer and be like, oh, that CG looks good. That, yeah. You, that's all you need to know.
1: <laughs> you basically like got the gist of it.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah. If you'd like more from us, go to seasonlandcheckup.com or sac.cools, where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonally Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to com. She's got columns and reviews. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash checkup, and support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sacova. If you'd like unedited episodes early <laughs> before they get out and then some weird bonus episodes that we do here and there. Mm hmm. Next week, we might talk about another movie. Or we'll do something else. Who knows? I it's a true mystery.
1: I don't know that we can beat the game that we're currently playing before that. Yeah, that game's long. It's long. So it, it's long. It, it, it might be a movie.
0: But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss some. We may go back into the, uh, the spooky dimension. Because, um, I mean, we, we kind of. This is.
1: It's like a weird vaguely horrorish. Yeah, it's got some ghosties in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I just have like a tough weekend coming up, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, we might go back to uh, back to a certain series that we've been we've discussed a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, look forward to that next week, and then until then, look out for the spirits within. <laughs>